Well, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Uh, so great to see everyone here today, and I brought up my favor. Today, the Bible says a, wife, a man that finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. That's my good thing. She's fine, too. We'll talk about that. <laughs> you are fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, but we're so grateful to have you together. We pastor Life City Church, and I wouldn't be able to pastor this church uh, without her standing by my side. She um, just has a fresh vision for what God wants to do in the city. And um, I wanted to make sure that I came up here and just shared you with her this few minutes. Y'all can't have her, but I'm sharing with you these few minutes. We got some exciting things coming up. She may want to chime in, but next steps is right after service. If you want to find out more about our church, our vision, and you just want to have an opportunity to sit and ask the pastor questions, um, actually today, right, is the... Yeah, that's right. Today, today... Um, is actually one year since we moved down here um, to Jacksonville. It's actually today um, to plant this church. So we're excited. And seeing you all is just such a blessing to us. So please make sure you come by right across the hall, right after service for next steps. Also, if you're new here, fill out a connect card. My wife and I will be outside to greet you briefly. And we got a gift. We got a gift for you. You're going to like it. Um, and I'm excited about that treat as well. And there's ch lunch and childcare uh, for next steps if you're staying for next steps. So you don't have to worry about anything. We're going to feed you and we're going to watch your kids. So that'll be good and awesome. Also, um, if you have not been part of a city group yet, um, you need to get part of one. Um, I was in one yesterday, um, our men's group, and that meets every other Saturday. It's actually led by uh, Sean Richardson. Um, meets, yeah, he's the man. Uh, it meets every other Saturday. Um, we meet at Famous Amos at, at noon um, and have lunch and just talk shop. And these, these circles are times where we get together and encourage each other and build each other up. The straight line, as my wife says, is uh, we need that. We need that straight line to be empowered, but we also need that circle that we know is supporting us and lifting us up and praying with us and just doing life together. So we're excited about that. Many other groups you can be involved in. I know my wife leads one and participates in several because relationships are what uh, strength and encouragement and empowerment are built on. So we're so grateful for that. Um, uh, did I miss anything? Good. Thank you for coming up today. She had to come check on me, y'all. She does that at home, too. Y'all, she just all the time. I love you. All right. All right. Excited about uh, our new series starting today um, called Radical. Um, and we just finished up a series called Life Upgrade, which was all about um, getting over the past and getting past uh, the things that have hindered us in our mind. But this week, we're going right into our series called Radical. And I actually love the graphic for this series, but for reasons that maybe we may not think. Um, but, but we'll talk about that as we go on. That, that, that term radical... Uh, that term radical has a definition that I'd like to share with you, and it means, uh, from the dictionary, it means very different, um, very different from the usual or traditional, favoring extreme changes in existing views, habits, and conditions. And when you think about that definition, you could say, well, man, there's a lot of people that could be considered radical over time, and some of those were, were probably really good examples. Some of them were really... Uh, probably bad examples. Um, so being radical in and of itself really 
um, there's, there's so much more to it, but we want to talk about what does it mean actually for us to live radically? What does it actually mean to follow Jesus because, and live for something greater than our own self and our own desires? I think when we get to this place in our minds where we begin to live for something more, begin to live for something greater in our lives, then things really begin to happen and they really begin to come together. How many of you would admit that, you know, there's a portion of my life that quite honestly I've lived for me? I I would say me, definitely. There's a lot of things that over time we've just done them for us, but when we catch hold of the fact that God has a greater purpose for life that reaches uh, beyond us, we'll be able to to really begin to live radically. And really, following Jesus, if you're going to follow him, uh, you have to live radically. Scripture says this um, in John 14, 12. It says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with my father. I was talking with my friend Cal the other, uh, yesterday, I believe it was, and we're like, actually him, but I really caught a hold of it. He's like, if you're going to talk about radical, I mean, who was more radical than Jesus? I mean, who, who actually was more radical than Jesus? Who challenged current systems, current mindsets, and, and things more than Jesus? And then after that, uh, he would be pretty, considered a pretty unconventional guy. You know, humble beginnings. He's born in a manger. He's a carpenter by trade. And then, you know, all of a sudden he shows up on the scene and he's turning water into wine, but he won't let them taste it first. And you, you, all kinds of crazy stuff. And then if that wasn't even uh, more radical, when somebody's eyes needed to be opened, he, he, he spit in mud and said, here, rub this mud on your face. And then told him, you, you know, and healed him that way. And then there's other people, you know, they came to him with needs and things. And he said, yeah, yeah just... Uh, Go, go um, wash in the pool and you'll be, you'll be well. And Jesus did all kinds of radical things and he said radical things and he challenged current radical systems or, or current systems that, that were in place at the time. And I said, well, wait a minute. If he did all this, we have to rethink and shift our minds as to what does it really mean to follow Jesus? Is it a whole bunch of form and routine and fashion? Is there something more that he has for us. And so first thing I'd like to say to you is that radical living requires radical change. If you're taking those, radical living requires radical change. And this is important because if we don't change the way we think, the way we do certain things, we'll remain in the same place that we've always been. But anytime Jesus calls out to you, think about the situations you might be in right now, the mind the things that you might be dealing with in your mind right now or in your heart, Jesus is always reaching out to you. Come, come up a little further. Come up a little higher. He's always challenging you to come out of that place you are in your mind right now. You know why we don't do it? Because even if we don't like it, it's comfortable. Do you know that you can actually get hooked on a struggle? Come on, let's be real this morning. You can actually, you can actually be in a struggle so long that you get used to it and comfortable in it, and when Jesus begins to call you out, you stay there. But Jesus is always calling us to something more and to think differently in our approach to life. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He said, the first question which the priest and the Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But the good Samaritan reversed the question and said, if I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? And so he's introducing this thought that there's things 
in me that God has given me for other people. But is it about me? Is it about them? Or is it about what he has and what he wants to do in a life and a situation? How many of you have, have had situations that you knew that maybe you should do something different, but it was easier to just stay where you were? It was just easier to, to, to continue to think the way that you did, even though something in you logically knows my thought and my mindset is wrong. But when the pain, and this is not original, but I love this, when the pain of remaining the same becomes too much, then we'll change. Many times, as long as remaining the same seems comfortable and okay, many times we're not motivated to make radical transitions in our life. But when staying the same begins to cost too much, come on. When staying the same begins to cost us too much mentally, emotionally, physically, then we'll make some radical changes. And so in this thing, we want to talk about if I'm going to come to church, if I'm going to be part of a family, I need to really understand what it means to follow Jesus. Does it mean what I've been taught over the years that I've got to do this and do that, line up with this rule and that rule and that rule and the other one and dress like this and act like this and talk like this and be part of this clique and part of this club? Come on. Y'all know this happens. But we've got to get back to the basis. If we want to know how to follow Jesus, we've got to ask who? Jesus. We've got to ask who? We've got to ask Jesus. So Luke chapter 9, uh, verses 23 to 25, here's what it says. <clears throat> then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? <clears throat> the gospel, and this is why this, is, this may not be a popular message, but if you receive it, there's some things that I trust that God will just do in your life if you'll get this in your heart. The gospel is not primarily a call to self-fulfillment. I got to stop here because what we've been taught is come to God, right? And he'll do whatever we want. What we've been taught is come to God and he'll fix everything. And he will. He'll fix, he'll fix things in your life. But that's not the primary reason you come to him. So the gospel is not primarily a call to self-fulfillment, but it's a call first to self-denial. Come on, say amen in here. I just need you to get with it. You say amen until you believe it. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. Thank you. And so he says, if you're going to come to me. Oh, you got a prophetic. <laughs> anyway. Um, he says, if you're going to come to me or be my follower, here's the first thing he says. You have to give up your own way. This is the hardest thing for us to deal with, but everything else hinges on this point. I need you to try and stay with me because the enemy doesn't want you to hear this message because he knows it'll move you past certain things that you're dealing with in your life. But the first thing, I guess I should drink it. The first thing that we have to get settled 
when we choose to follow Jesus, if we have to say, with your help, God, I'm going to give up my own way of doing things. This is so important because ingrained in our minds and in our hearts for years, we've grown up. I do it this way. I think this way. I make this decision. This is how I process this. This is how I process this. And when you come to Jesus, you got to leave that. And it doesn't happen immediately. You know how it happens? He begins to challenge you to do things that you would never do on your own. He says crazy stuff like don't worry about tomorrow. Right? And you're sitting there and say, God, do you see this list of things that I got to do, this list of bills that got to get paid, a bunch of people that don't like me, these really, you know. And he says, don't worry about tomorrow. He says other crazy things like, hey, um, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. And, and you're sitting there saying, God, that, that sounds really good, Lord, and I love you, but I got kids, and you're telling me not to worry Right? About what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to put on. So when we come to him, we have to, not, we have to not be so glued to our own way that we can't obey what he's asking us to do. First thing, you must give up your own way. Then he says you got to take up your cross daily. And this is where people, many times we get defeated in trying to follow Jesus because we think it's a one-time decision. Right? I come to church, I got excited, I'm in all the way, and then the first time we get tested, first time somebody talks about us, criticizes us, then we're ready to just throw up our hands and give up. And some of this stuff is natural to our flesh, so I'm not, I'm not criticizing anybody when we go through this. Many times I've gone through something, I've, I've said, Lord, okay, when is enough enough? You ever feel like that? I'm like, God, okay, you know what? It, do you ever, can we be honest and real in this church today? Do you ever pray sometimes, not, not religiously, but you're like, God, is this, is this some kind of joke? You know, because it's like one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And his invitation to us is give up your own way. Take up your cross every day. Die to self. Die to self. And then the last thing is follow me. He says, follow me. Why is the follow me on the end of it? Because it's hard to follow him if we're unwilling to part with our own way of doing things. But the only way that we can truly be blessed in this life is when we say, God, all right, I've got it figured out, but you know what? I'm going I'm to trust you and I'm going to do it your way. And now I want to give you an example from Luke chapter 5 of this so you don't think I'm just making up stuff. You know, sometimes people are like, yeah, that, it sounds real good, but sometimes preachers just be making up things. No. So let's, 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 let's go in the Word and see what, what the Word says about it. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the, of, the, of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the Word of God. Let's stop here. The reason why we approach God is important. I was talking in our last series about the fact that many times people come to God because they... they Honestly, they want, they want relief. They want certain things fixed in their life. They, they want peace. They want the relationship to work out. You know, and all of these things, there's nothing wrong with wanting God to work in these areas. But these are not primarily the reasons why we come to him. So here's the principle. The reason we approach Jesus is important. We often look for what we want, but it's more important to get what we need. Mm. Mm. 
How many of you came in here with something on your heart? Be honest, something on your mind, something that might have been pressing, something you've been praying about, seeking God for. All of us, I've got things that I'm on my prayer list that I'm believing God to do. And sometimes when we come to him, we're consumed with those things. And he's saying, I, I know what you want. I know what the desires of your heart are. I know you. Uh, before you were born, I knew you. Before I formed you, I knew you. But right now, I don't need you to focus so much on what you want. Because in order to do the greater in your life, you following me? I have to give you what you need. And what you may need is the ability to endure. What you may need is your faith built up a little bit. What you may need is some encouragement in a certain area that you don't uh, break so easily. See, God knows us so well that even though the things that we want may be good, they may not be God. Come on. I said we're going to be real this morning because... You, it's, it's one thing to come and feel good, but it's another thing to come and grow. Because when you grow and when you get strengthened, you can handle the storms of life. And one of my frustrations, I'll be honest with you, uh, one of my frustrations is many times we, 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 we cherry pick scriptures. And what we do is we make people believe that everything will be okay all the time. And that they never have to have a test, they never have to try. But when you're following Jesus, you're going to go through some things. Some things are going to test you. Some things are going to test your mind. They're going to test your faith. And you'll be saying like some of the people in the Bible, Lord, I believe you, but help the part that doesn't. You ever felt like that? I believe you, God, but I don't. You know, I'm trusting you for the healing, but I don't, I don't see it yet. So, you know, I'm trusting you for certain things to, to, to work out and provide in my life. But I, I believe, but I don't believe. I'm in this tension of... I love you and I want to go hard with all that, but I'm struggling. See, most people won't admit that. You know, it's like we, we, we live this life as if we're holier than now and got it right all the time. But sometimes it's like my faith, hey, look, is jacked up. That's the only way I know to say it. You know, it's just, you know, I, I read this word, but I'm facing this thing that's just, God, I, I know you're God and you have all power. But even think about this. I know you have all power, God, but I don't know how you're going to do it. And God is sitting there saying, really? <laughs> so the reason we approach God is important. They approached him. They were pressing on Jesus, not for material possessions. They weren't pressing on Jesus to fix something. They were pressing on him to hear his word. The answer is in the word. The answer is in the word. And if we'll stay there long enough, if we'll get still long enough in following Jesus to listen to him. And here's the problem. Sometimes that answer, you, you don't want to hear it. Because that thing that you're praying to keep, you with me? Whatever it is, that thing you're praying to keep, God is saying, you need to release that. So what we do is we have selecting, selective hearing with God. We can hear him when he says yes, but we got to, God, if that's, I got to pray a little longer because that no don't sound like you. <laughs> So the reason we approach Jesus is important. Secondly, verse 2 <coughs> says, He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, he says, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds there. This is where I believe, just sense, I sense <coughs> in my spirit many people might be. 
Many times we have already given up and Jesus is ready to show up. You ever felt like that? Lord, Lord, I'm done. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I'm done. And so it says that they, 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 the boats were empty. The fishermen had left them. So obviously they were fishing. We'll get into that. And they're washing their nets. So they were done. They were done, done, done. And when they're done, Jesus said, hey, um, I'm going to need this boat. So even though you're done and you're adding that, I need you to get back in the boat and I need you to go out just, just a little bit, just a little bit. And he begins to teach from the boat. Here's the thing. We can't separate God's word from his work. When Jesus is speaking, he's also working. Now, I, I need you to pay attention to what's happening here. So Jesus is sitting there and he's, tell, he's speaking to the crowds, but he's dealing actually with the fishermen. So he's teaching the crowd, but he's not, he's not dealing with them. And Jesus, the wisdom of God is amazing because he's, he's preaching to the crowd. Y'all getting this? But he's telling the fishermen to get in the boat. So he's dealing with them. And so what happens is uh, when he had finished speaking in Luke chapter 5, verse 4, when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper. So he told them initially, go out a little bit. Just, just go get in the water and go out a little bit. And he's preaching. But all this time he's preaching, he's focused, his, his focus is on, he's like, I got to feed them. I got to give them the word, but I got to work on them. So he says, go out a little deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. See, sometimes the biggest challenge to our faith and the biggest challenges to our faith are when God asks us to do again what we've previously been unsuccessful at. Wow. Master, we've been fishing all night and we haven't caught a thing. We're fishermen. We know how to fish. We've been fishing all night. We haven't caught anything. And now after we've washed our nets and given up, you want us to go back in the boat, go out into the deep, and let the nets down again. Now here's what you have to understand. You have to understand something about fish. And I want to take my time with this. When, you, when they were fishing at that time, and even now, anybody who fishes knows that if you're going to fish at night or fish in the daytime, you, you fish, you don't go into the deep to do it. So Jesus is now sitting, this is again the essence of radical, he's asking them to do the opposite of what would be traditional wisdom to accomplish something. And he, and he does that many times with us. We've tried it our way over and over and over and over again. We've gotten all this worldly wisdom to do certain things, and, and that's good, but it hasn't worked. And right when you said, I'm done, I'm done, with, I'm done with you, God, I'm done with them, I'm done with church, then Jesus shows up. He says, I need you to get back in that boat again. I need you to go out further. And I need you to let down the nets. Here's the victory part of this. God does not consult your previous experience to determine your future success. 
Come on, let that build your faith. Say amen in here. God is not sitting there looking at your past resume, determining that's how I'm going to bless you. That's how I'm going to bring you to a place of success. God is, he, he is completely able to work through everything you've been through, everything you've experienced, every past mindset you've experienced. Say to you, go do the same thing that you've been unsuccessful at again, and this time I'm going to bless it. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Obedience is always in present tense. So we can't say, God, I did it before. And this is what Simon actually does. He, and, and we do it too. When God tells us to do something, we don't talk to him about him. We talk to him about us. I'd make a note of that if I were you. So what we do is God says, go do this. And you say, but God, but God, I can't, I have I would have, I tried, I could have. We go and bring all this stuff to him about us. And all he's asking us to do is take a step of radical obedience and do what he told us to do. And so I don't criticize Simon for this because what he says is, look, God, you know, you, you, Jesus, you're really, you're good at the miracles and those things. And, you know, but we've been fishermen. So why you, you ever had somebody who didn't know what you know, but they tried to tell you how to do what you do. And so Jesus, he said, they're saying, Jesus, you're a carpenter. <laughs> you're a carpenter, but you're trying to tell us about fish. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, when people do that in our lives, sometimes we get a little attitude. Sometimes we don't say, we don't say it to their face, but we're thinking it. You're like, now what you, you know, what if I were to say, now I come up here and say, now, now Michael and Desmond and Audrey and Dave and and Austin, hey, um, I need y'all to, to, to do the music, you know, like this. And, and, and they, because I'm pastor, they smile and say, we'll try to help you out. And then when I turn my back, he don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you, you stick to preaching and let us. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all do the same thing, too. Don't, judge, don't look at me like that. Y'all do the same thing, too. You get attitudes when people try to tell you to do certain things a certain way. When God gives us instructions... We often talk to him about us, and all he wants us to do is obey. But look at the results. And this time, their nets were so full of fish that the nets began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners to the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. God's blessing in our life is always going to require others. Mm. Got to understand this because some of us are concerned about me, my four, and no more. But the reality is that God will bless you, but it's always going to require you to say, hey, I, I need you to come and help me and, and help me hold this net because what God is doing is it, it's greater. It's too much for me. I need to involve some other's wisdom, some other's understanding, some other's help. And this is where many of us miss the blessing because we want to just be us say get over yourself some of us we, we, some parts of us we just got to get past and get over and, and God wants to bless us but we have to get past us well I don't like the way they act God didn't ask you to like the way they act he said you know because there, there's, you, there's unique differences with all of us and all of us need to hold a part of the net 
It's deeper than the fish, though. It's deeper than the fish. When Simon Peter realized what happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught. His partners, James and John, and Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Listen to this. A real encounter with Jesus will always reveal the true condition of our own hearts. This is why, as a pastor or a spiritual leader, you don't always have to get up and point out what people are doing wrong. Listen, we have to assume some level of intelligence with people. Say amen. You know what I mean? Anytime I've done wrong, guess what? For the most part, I knew I was doing wrong. And some people, uh, uh, some, some parts of our lives, as we said earlier, they just jacked up. There's no other way to say it. But you don't need me to say, look at this, that's messed up, that's messed up, that's messed up in your life. No, what you need is an encounter with Jesus. Because an encounter with Jesus will reveal your heart and it will reveal it to the one who has the, the ability to heal it. What, what good is it to reveal a wound to someone who doesn't have the ability to help? Oh, I'm, I'm getting personal in here now. But if, if Jesus, who is the God of the universe, has the ability to heal all hurts and all hurts, then I can feel safe saying, Lord, this is me. So when Simon realized what was happening, he says, oh, Lord, I'm a sinful man. You know what that, you, you know what that says to me? That what he was doing in letting down the nets, his heart wasn't really in it. He didn't really believe anything was ha- going to happen. Sometimes you have to move on it before you believe it. Say amen. Sometimes you just got to move on it before you believe it. Lord, I don't understand how you're going to work through this, but I know you are telling me to do this. So in the midst of every contrary circumstance, I know I may not know the circumstance, but I know your voice. Right. And when we know the voice of God, he'll tell you to do something that make absolutely no sense. Sometimes that's just where it doesn't make any sense. He'll, he'll, and you know what? He'll give you things that you don't have the ability to do in your own strength on purpose. Because as long as we can do it, guess what? We can do it. But when he begins to give you things that are bigger than you, are you with me still? I'm almost done. I got three minutes. When he gives you things that are bigger than you, you know what you got to do? You got to do just like Simon and say, oh, Lord. <laughs> I need your help to do this. I need your help to accomplish this. I need your help to forgive that joker. Mm, 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 mm. Almost done. A true experience with Jesus is not designed to build fear, but build faith. So that's why Jesus said, don't be afraid. Because there's something great. I've given you this encounter because there's something greater than your present circumstance right now. That I need you to accomplish. So a a true experience with Jesus, though it may overwhelm us in our flesh, it's not designed to build fear, designed to build faith. So God will often, as we see with this, this is the most interesting part that I find about this. God will often bless what we're currently doing just to show us that if he wants to bless that, he can. You say, "What what do you mean? 
he, he gets into this boat, tells them to go out in the, beat, the, the deep, let down the nets for a catch. And then they catch all these amazing fish, bunch of them, so much that they, they went out in one boat and needed two. So obviously, he, he blessed them. And they're fishermen, so man, they, they're about to rake it in. They're about to make some bank on these fish. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Y'all know y'all like money. Y'all not that safe. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so the blessings of God are designed to foster obedience and commitment in our lives. What do you mean by that? He says, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. So he says, I'm going to sit here and show you just how much I can bless the fish. But now I'm going to ask you to leave the fish and focus on the people. I can bless that if I want to. Look at all these fish, all this money, all this prosperity over here. But don't worry about that. Don't be afraid because I need you to come over here and follow me and fish for people. That's why an encounter with Jesus requires radical obedience. Because you don't see how the provision is going to be made. You don't see how the relationship is going to be okay. You don't see how you're going to make it even through the next day. But when you begin to follow Jesus and say, you know what? I'm going to focus on what you want me to focus on. So many of us are caught up in the situation of right now. We can't see past right now. We can't see past yesterday. But he says, look, I need you to follow me. And when you follow me, I'll make you. Okay, so I've spent years, Brother John, trying to make myself. Is it personal enough yet? Trying to make myself, trying to get myself out there, trying to have a name for myself. But when we follow Jesus, he said, you don't worry about making yourself. You worry about following me, and then I'll put all the pieces together. God, I, I don't know. And close your eyes and just focus on Jesus as we talk about this last part. I don't know how I'm going to get past the tests of today. And he's saying, I don't need you to focus on how you're going to get past the test of today. I need you to focus on following me. But what are they going to think about me because I'm going through this? What are they going to think about me because I'm going through that? And he's saying, radically follow me. Be obedient to me. I'll teach you how to forgive them. I'll teach you how to connect to them. I'll teach you how all the pieces are going to fit together. Lord, I've messed up so much. I, I've, I haven't gotten it right no matter how hard I tried. I, I was about to give up on church, but Lord, I'm here. I decided, God, honestly, let me just be real with you, God. I decided that I was just going to give you one more shot today. But I'm here. And if you can use me, use me for your glory. Use me for your honor. Teach me to follow you. Teach me to be the man that I need to be, the woman that I need to be, the mother that I need to be, the father that I need to be, the husband that I need to be, the wife that I need to be. Show me, begin to put me in those places where I can reach and connect with those people that you designed me to reach before the beginning of time. I'm challenging you in these seats today as you close your eyes.
You have to see past the muddy waters of today. You have to see past the present condition that you are in right now. Your present condition is not permanent, it's temporary. If you're sitting in these seats, God has you here for a purpose. Some people are like, I'm tired of hearing that I have a purpose. I don't know what it is. I can't figure it out. You still have breath in your body. So you have a purpose. If you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you're like, I've never actually made a decision to just radically follow him, to just say, you know what, God? I'm just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. I mean, I may have prayed the words, prayed the, you know, traditional prayer, but I've never said, hey, this is going to be real to me today, and I'm going to make a decision to actually follow you. I may not have it all right. I may need to be taught certain things and help, but I'm making a decision to follow you. If that's you, slip your hand up quickly so I know who to pray for. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. You're here, you've never made the decision at all to follow Jesus. And you just said, you know what, no matter what is going on, I, I need to be saved. Nobody looking around, I'd never embarrass you or call you up. Slip your hand up quickly so I can agree with you in prayer. Today's my day. Today things change for me. And lastly, if you're here and you're like, I've been trying to figure it out on my own for so long. I've done it my way, and, and like Peter in the boat, and like the fishermen in the boat, Jesus has stepped in, he's stepping in my boat. He stepped in my boat this morning and said, you know what? I want you to try it again. I gave up. I came in today at the point of giving up. But I'm willing, Lord, to try. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I want to be praying with you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Everybody join me in prayer as I pray. Repeat that after me. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to follow you. We won't give up. I'll say it like you mean it. We won't give up. We won't quit. With you, we can't be defeated. We can't quit. Thank you for victory this day I've decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back Lord put people in my life to help me to be more like you thank you for teaching me leading me guiding me directing me fill me with your spirit in Jesus' name, let's celebrate those who've made decisions. I want you to do a couple of things. One, and just trust me when I say this. If you've come in here and you just have something that, 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 that you know, you, I need God to do, or I need him to work in my life. We've got people here.
up here who want to pray with you. And I know some things, sometimes we like to keep things private, but there's just something special about agreeing with somebody in prayer. And these guys have faith um, to agree with you, to see God work in your life. I want you to, after we're done, to just allow them to, to just agree with you with a short prayer. Come up. Don't be ashamed. Let them pray with you and let's, let's believe God together um, for that. Also, Next Steps, if you're here for the first time or have not ever been through Next Steps, it's going to be right after service, right after we're going over there. Um, and um, we're going to share with you about the vision. If you have questions about our church, anything, um, that's going to be a great time to get involved in, and find out what God is doing here in this place. Um, so we're grateful for that. If you came uh, and prepare, uh, came prepared to give, there's several ways uh, that you can do that. And um, we're so grateful for everybody who who faithfully supports what God is doing here. Um, it is because of you that people get saved and that um, we're able to make a difference in our community. So if you came and prepared to do that, there's a kiosk outside. You can drop an envelope with whatever your gift is in there. You can give online at www.lifecityjacks.com give, or you can text to give. Um, let me pray with you. And then it, um, our prayer warriors will be up here for anybody who desires prayer. And then we'll head over um, if you want to participate in Next Steps. Excited to meet um, everybody who's here for the first time. And just give me, if even if you're not here for the first time, make sure I get to shake your hand today. Some of y'all get out of here so fast, I don't even get to shake your hand and just love on you a little bit. So give me a chance to do that. All right, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for everyone who's assembled here. Thank you for directing the word as you should direct it into their hearts, into their families, into the situa uh, situations and circumstances. I believe and have faith that when your word is preached, when it's taught, it affects those who hear and the generations beyond them. So I thank you and speak generational blessing over the life of everybody here. I speak victory over everybody's life, every stronghold cast down, every problem. Um, you give them wisdom and understanding as to how to navigate it. I, I speak families restored and bodies healed, um, questions answered, and souls saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Leave, and God bless you. Thank you so much.